Hello, my lovelies, and I hope you're having a good day and a good week. And today's podcast is about the physical things that we suffer from prolonged narcissistic abuse. This is one of the main reasons that narcissistic abuse is so dangerous that these people should not be forgiven, that you should not go running back to them. Um, as hard as it is on our emotional well-being, it will attack your body. Um, I have posted this many times on my Instagram page, and I will put the link in the description. Um, but... And, and some of you have been forthcoming about the different physical things that have been going on with you. Um, a lot of us have autoimmune diseases. And there is there are scientific studies, which I don't read because I find incredibly boring because I don't really understand them. You know, the ones that you have to download a PDF and you're like, I don't get what any of this means. And it's constantly referencing something else or another doctor. I just don't get it. But there is a strong connection between prolonged narcissistic abuse. And if you're being abused by a parent, it is lifelong narcissistic abuse. Um, If you're married or in a relationship with someone, it's years and years of narcissistic abuse, right? Where you wouldn't be listening to this. Um there is a strong connection between our bodies attacking itself and this abuse. And the best that I could really get from this and and the research I've done is that we are, we live in a state of constantly feeling anxious, especially when we're still in this situation. Okay. So again, this is something I stress a lot in my podcast is how important distance is from from the abuser, okay? It doesn't matter if they're a narcissist or they're toxic or they're just jerks. Again, that's not important. But how important it is to have distance because distance is what, first of all, where you have that opportunity to really take care of yourself and to actually see what's going on. I was diagnosed last year, um, around September with Graves disease after months of joint pain, dry skin that came out of nowhere. And then I had other symptoms that didn't connect all together. I was waking up drenched in sweat. And when I went to blow dry my hair, I would sweat and sweat and sweat. And that never happened before. Feeling exhausted every single day. And then other symptoms, which I've come to to realize are related to Graves' disease has many symptoms. Graves' disease, by the way, is an autoimmune disease that attacks your thyroid, makes it hyperactive. Okay, so it overworks. And one of the side effects, if your numbers, your thyroid numbers are off, is that you age quickly. It, it is like a time machine, okay, that go, can go into the future. It, for you. It's awful. 
Okay, so that, of course, is not the only thing. This is my experience. So my body decided your thyroid is what we're going to go after for some reason, right? Um, and many of you have described things like having migraines, which I've also been suffering with, which can be maybe related or not related to my graves. I don't know. Um, of course, the mental health issues that ultimately attack our physical well-being, like anxiety and depression, right? Because anxiety, if you have anxiety the way I have anxiety, you have a lot of physical symptoms. You know, I can go through all of them and I I couldn't hit all of them because I don't remember all of them because there's so many. Um, With me, anxiety usually starts and and my, my first clue is my stomach, right? I feel nauseous. My stomach just doesn't feel good. Like, ugh, that's anxiety. That's where I always jump. So if I ever have stomach, a stomach, a real stomach issue, I probably wouldn't recognize it right away. Um, and you know, you tinkling hands and feet. You feel cold. You can feel hot. You can have heart palpitations. You can have chest pain. You can have headaches. You can shake. I've had anxiety attacks where I've been, you know, trembling, 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 trembling. And these are all, I mean, these, these are horrific things and I can go down the line. There's the other side of my own disease called Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune hypo means the levels of thyroid are low. Many people suffer from Hashimoto's, um, that are in this kind of situation. Another big one is MS, right? Muscular dystrophy. And that one is horrific. I know quite a few people that have a mess and it ranges in symptoms from your, you have it, but your symptoms are kind of dormant to all the way up to your symptoms are progressing quickly and you can't even walk. And then a year later you're walking. It's, um, it's, it's crazy. MS is crazy. Now, fibromyalgia, which is another complaint I've heard, is not an autoimmune disease. It is a neurological disease, as far as I know. Um, but there's no explanation for it. My best guess is that they're going to categorize it as an autoimmune uh, disease, where your pain sensors, you know, that your autoimmune system has attacked your pain sensors. And that's why you have pain all over your body. Um, there are so many autoimmune diseases. I just can't list them all because I don't know them all. You know, I just don't know them. I know there's a lot lupus, um, Sjogren's disease and, Usually when I hear someone has an autoimmune disease, my first thought is, what was your childhood like? But I I don't say that to people because I I realize that even though you're listening to my podcast and are interested, right? And probably have something to complain about, physical pain or physical issue, many people do not cannot accept that their physical ailment is connected to 
um, being abused as a child or being abused your whole, their entire life, right? I don't have memories of my childhood. I don't have too many. I have a few. They're not great. And then I have, I just remember the things that my mom did to me because they hurt so much at the time that, that they pushed me over the edge. And they were so underhanded and covert. And I think when you have a covert narcissist, it's even harder because you're defending yourself in your head and you don't know what, why, or you may go into a meltdown and not know why. And that happened to me many times where I was calling my psychiatrist in the middle of the day from work because crying. I mean, crying, crying, bawling my eyes out, begging him to put me on medication because I didn't know what was wrong with me. He didn't know what to do with me. And that's really sad that he couldn't get to the bottom of the fact that the abuse was coming from my mother. Okay. At that time I was dating a narcissist, but it was her abuse that was affecting me more at that moment that I'm talking about. She hated my boyfriend so much because she, of course, a narcissist spots another narcissist really quickly. Okay. Um, again, this comes with the knowledge of knowing that narcissists, they cannot recognize that they're narcissists, but they know that they want to control you. They know they don't want to lose control of you. And if your daughter is dating a narcissist, that's the biggest danger, right? Is that he's going to take her away. And he almost did. I'm grateful that it did not happen. That I realized before I moved, because I had made the plan to move in with him, and it would have been a big, huge, gigantic, gigantic mistake. Um, I would have gone from my mother to him and God knows, God only knows where I'd be today. Um, but she made my life a living hell for the months that I dated him by very simply every time I saw her, she would provoke a giant fight. She would say something and I can't remember what she said. That is, it's, it's crazy to me to think that she did this. And I know that she did it. But I can't remember what exactly she did. The details. I don't know them. I bet you I'm not alone. Um, so that kind of underhanded abuse. Which makes you feel insane and crazy and depressed. And like you're losing your mind cannot be good for your body. Your body needs to be safe. Today happens to be me and my husband's 13 year anniversary. This is obviously not the guy because I said I, you know, I got away from him. This was the man I met right after that breakup. And without him, I'm not sure I would be here talking to you guys. That is the importance of having a partner. Whoever, male, female, 
it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation, but a partner that is loving, supportive, caring, and always there to pick you up. Of course, you should be that por- that person as well, but most of us are the ones that are need picking up most of the time, right? Um, when there's an emergency or something happens, I do jump. I- I'm able to do that, but for the most part, I'm the one that needs to be picked up, and he has picked me up more times. Sorry. That I can count, that I can even imagine. So, for our bodies to be healthy, we need to feel safe. And you need to be around a safe person. If you're going to have a relationship, that person should make you safe. And if your mother is, is making your body feel on edge a hundred percent of the time then you need that distance there's that word distance i can't stress it enough for those of you that are still in contact distance is the only thing that's gonna clear your mind so you can see everything clearly and not just the past but what's, what happens after, those are the things that you need to see clearly, is the continual abuse, the continual hoovering, the, the fam, flying monkeys. You cannot see any of that until you are distanced and your boundaries are strong. Okay? I had, I did... I made two podcasts and I deleted them because something personal happened to me regarding my parents. It come to realize it took me a day of feeling like crap, which was yesterday and waking up today and my head was completely clear and I could see exactly what was being done. Something pretty nasty and awful it's a Hoover attempt and I'm not responding. The more they do, the worse it is for them because the more they do, the more I am like, oh, well, hell no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna upset me. You're not going to ruin my anniversary. Okay. So yeah, I have this autoimmune disease. I never heard of grave di- Graves disease, thyroid eye disease, um, I'd never heard of it. I had heard of alopecia as a um, autoimmune disease because I, I have a, well, I had a family member. It's in my ex's family um, who has alopecia, and I know you can pass that down to your kids, and I know all of that. But I and I know that autoimmune meant the body confuses things in your own body that belong there for a an attack or a bacteria or, or a virus, and they attack it. So now I'm in this position where I'm like, okay, get the autoimmune thing. Um, and mine can, can, Graves' disease can go anywhere from where mine is now, but at any point it could turn around and get really bad and I have to have my thyroid removed. Thyroid controls most of the things in your body. And if it doesn't directly control it, it controls 
the organ that controls that function. So it's pretty much everything. Heart rate, heart disease. A lot of people have heart disease because they had undiagnosed Graves' disease for years. And I suspect mine was un- undiagnosed for a long time too. My, my symptoms weren't um, strong enough, I guess for me to notice and I had a mother who if I told her I felt something would tell me oh that's nothing that happens to me all the time she downplayed every single physical symptom I've ever had my whole life never took me to the doctor right and from the time I was a little kid she didn't take me to the doctor so how would I know you know I started going to the doctor three years ago when I went no contact I started to see doctors and that's how I started to to see you know I have TMJ you know that's that has to to do with the jaw but that's most likely tied into graves which makes me think I've had graves longer than you know when I was diagnosed so that is the the real cause of most of our autoimmune diseases is our bodies don't feel safe we don't feel safe even if you are safe you don't feel safe now here i'm going to give you some advice from many 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 years of of therapy um anything that works for you that's my first thing if you have found that meditation works for you then do meditation why not meditate i personally Meditation doesn't always work for me because if I go in and I'm in a bad state, the meditation goes really badly. So, um, and I don't mean I can't meditate. I mean, I hear like evil voices and things. It's really strange what happens when I meditate in a bad state. And it's not that I'm hearing voices. It's, 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 it's hard to explain. It's just my mind doesn't go to a good place. So, that's one thing if you want to meditate right to make yourself feel better but to make you feel safe you have to ground yourself i think that's the most important mindfulness is to be where you are and to look around and say i'm in my house or i'm at work right wherever you are put your feet on the ground and say no one's coming to get me Right now, I am safe. No, Nothing is happening. I am safe. And just repeat that to yourself. It's funny because it works when you say it to someone else. Um, when I had my situation, my parents just showed up in the beginning of the year to my driveway. My daughter was in the car with me. She was crying. Um, she had already experienced my mother's kind of dementia and was upset so i kept telling her we're safe you're safe don't worry sweetheart you're safe and telling her that calmed me down and gave me the courage to react the way that i did if you want to hear about it i have a podcast already on on what happened um but in order to 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 calm your body down and make you believe you're safe you just have to Look around and say, or am, am I safe? And if you have to do something to feel safer, do it. Uh, we installed, and, and this had nothing to do with my parents. This was my husband for 
his birthday, he bought himself a camera for the front of the house. He likes gadgets. It had nothing to do with my parents. But let me tell you something. If it wasn't for that camera, I wouldn't feel as safe as I do. Because when my parents showed up, the camera was already there. And I pointed to it and showed my father, there's a camera. So I know that he's not going to come back here. So whatever you need to do, if you need to change the locks on your door because your parents or whomever it is, you know, if you, especially if you were married and sh- shared a house, make sure you change those locks and, 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 you know, do whatever you have to to feel safe because feeling safe is the key to getting better from those diseases. That's what it is. It's an, it's about feeling safe and not being on edge. And how is this person feeling today? And how am I going to react? How do I, how do I behave so that they don't attack me? No, it's, I, they're going to come home and I know that this person's not going to behave in any way. And I don't have to feel the situation. I'm safe with that person. And that's how I feel with my husband. I don't feel that way with my ex-husband, and I still have to deal with him. And in turn, I don't always feel that way with my own daughter because uh, I have my parents and my husband working on her on the other end, and that's another story. But um, when it comes to my husband, I feel completely 100% safe. And the fact that, like I said, the camera. So whatever you have to do to feel safe... In the middle of a panic attack, there's nothing you can do, no matter what anybody says. I know I have many, many, many years of experience. You have to get through the worst part of it. When you start to calm down, then you start to say to yourself, I'm safe. I'm safe. This is okay. It's a panic attack. It's not going going to kill me. My heart's going to race a little. I might sweat. I might get nauseous. But I am safe. I have survived every single panic attack up up until now. I am safe. That That is the key. Feeling safe is going to trickle down to your everyday life. And you'll see how your anxiety is going to get better. I'm not saying that my anxiety is gone. It's not gone. But neither is my problem. Even though I'm no contact, they're still trying. And I saw this just a couple of days ago. So, you know, it revs you up when that happens. But you have to be prepared and strong and keep the boundary down. No contact means you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to react to it. And even if you react to it inside your own head, you're not going to react to it to them. Or to anyone that knows them. You don't talk about it. Alright? And if you're ever going to do anything to resolve an issue, keep it to yourself. Do not tell a soul. Okay? Alright. I've talked enough. And I want to send you my love, my happiness today, and my peace. Because that is what you need to feel better about your body. And always do some research on your particular condition and have a support group because that has helped me too. I love you all. Until next time.